The day of the Lord is at hand, yet few realize it. In this video, I'm going to read what scripture says about it, touch on false prophets date setting, and share scripture to help us in our faith and belief as that day approaches. We've arrived at the end of all things. About 80% of the world has taken the abomination of desolation, mark of the beast. By the scriptures, we see that the daily sacrifice was taken away and the abomination of desolation set up on March 16th, 2020. According to Daniel 12:11, from that time, there will be 1290 days. 1290 days is about three and a half years. In Daniel 12, 7, the angel swore by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and in half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. When these things are finished, the day of the Lord begins. The day of the Lord is the sign of his coming, and we are to rejoice and look up, all the while having reverence for that day because it's great and terrible. First, let's clarify the difference between the day of the Lord and the actual day that Christ returns coming in a cloud. The day of the Lord is the day that the sun darkens and the moon does not give its light and the stars of heaven fall. This is the day that shows the sign of his return, not when Jesus is in the cloud where every eye shall see him. This is not that day. The day of the Lord is the sign of his return. This is the day we need to look up for our redemption draws nigh. Luke 21, 28 says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. This is the day that the wrath of God will begin to fall upon the earth without mixture, without restraint. Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 through 17 say, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Another description of the day of the Lord is found in Luke 21, verses 25 through 36. And there shall be signs in the sun, 
and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh and he spake to them a parable behold the fig tree and all the trees when they now shoot forth ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand so likewise ye when ye see these things come to pass know ye that the kingdom of god is nigh at hand verily i say unto you this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away and take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you unawares for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man look at verse 31 when ye shall see these things it's talking about what was mentioned in verses 25 and 26 25 says and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring 26 men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken these signs in verses 25 and 26 are the signs of the beginning of the day of the lord this is the sign that jesus christ's second coming is soon that's why it says when you see the signs look up your redemption draws nigh we don't know the exact date of jesus christ's return but we do know when the day of the lord is beginning let's also look at verse 34 which says and take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you unawares that day is the day of the lord and this verse highlights how we need to guard our hearts the surfeiting and drunkenness is not just physical but most importantly spiritual i understand this to mean that we must set our hearts on the things in heaven and not the cares of this life we need to prioritize and jesus christ must come first and foremost in our hearts colossians chapter 3 explains this very clearly to us but back to luke 21 if we look at verse 35 it says for as a snare 
shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Again, it's talking about the day of the Lord. Matthew 24 verses 37 through 39 illustrate this very well. It says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah was righteous, and because he believed God, he prepared the ark. He knew the judgment was coming because God told him. The wicked did not believe Noah's warnings of the judgment to come, so they did not repent and perished in the flood. Noah had preached to them for 120 years, and yet they did not take heed nor believe. It's the same today. At this point, we've had almost three and a half years to take heed and believe. The scriptures are very clear, yet some refuse to believe it. Some who didn't take the V because they believe it is the abomination of desolation, mark of the beast, still refuse to believe that the day of the Lord is coming this fall, according to the Daniel chapter 12 prophecy. As a result, the day of the Lord will come on them as a snare, according to these scriptures here in Luke 21, 35. Those who refuse to believe the day of the Lord is coming this fall because they, quote, don't want to set dates, that day will come on them as a snare as well. Those who are looking for an abomination of desolation in the future temple in Jerusalem, the day of the Lord will come on them like a snare. Those who took the mark, it will come on them as a snare as well. We cannot be double-minded. If the V is indeed the abomination of desolation, mark of the beast, then the day of the Lord comes 1290 days later. But if the V is not the abomination of desolation, mark of the beast, then life will continue beyond this fall. But for me and my family, we believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that the V is the mark of the beast, abomination of desolation. And so we are preparing ourselves spiritually. Let's look at Luke 21 verse 36 as we continue. It says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. The command is to watch and pray that we would be accounted worthy in God's eyes to escape the day of the Lord, the day of his wrath. But since we've established what the day of the Lord is, let's discuss no man knoweth the day nor the hour. And that is a construct. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. That's actually not what the scripture says. So many people use that scripture to say that we can't know 
at all and should not try to know when to expect the return of Christ. I've heard Christians say that it's heresy to think that we can know when Jesus Christ returns. So let's look at the scripture and read it word for word. That's Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This is also found in Mark 13, 32. Notice it says day and hour. That's a specific moment. It doesn't say day nor hour. And I wanted to say it just the way that everyone says it. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. That's not what the scripture says. It says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. So it says day and hour. That's a specific moment. For example, no one can say Christ will descend from heaven on January 3rd at 12.57 p.m. I'm just using a random date to make a point here. However, pay attention to the scriptures, because as I said, it says day and hour. Matthew 24, verse 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. This is the sign of the Son of Man, the sign of the day of the Lord. Let's keep going. Verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. The tribes are mourning because there's a great earthquake, the sun darkens, the moon is not giving her light, and the stars of heaven are falling, and the power of the heavens is shaking. That means if you're in a the part of the world where it's it's daytime, the sun is going to suddenly stop shining, just as it says in the scriptures. And then if you're in a part of the world where it's nighttime, the moon is not going to give its light. This is going to be something that no one has ever seen before. But no one can ever know the day and the hour of Christ's return. But we must know the day of the Lord, what this scriptures talking about. This is why Christ said to watch, because that's the day, the day of the Lord, that you do not want to overtake you as a thief. As said earlier, the scriptures, Daniel 12, point to the day of the Lord, not the day Christ is seen coming in the cloud. Scripture does not contradict itself. Now, today, Many sisters and brothers say that they believe the V is the mark. They believe by the scripture that Jesus is coming soon. But some are afraid to say that the day of the Lord is coming this fall. In a way, I can understand their concern because we have seen in the past where false prophets and false teachers have predicted that the rapture or coming of Jesus Christ would happen on a specific date, and it did not happen. This has been happening year after year after year, and now even among those who say that the V is the mark, and you know who they are, who I'm talking about. 
So I can understand why some are afraid of setting dates, but should they be fearful when the scriptures are declaring it? I mean, why do you think that false prophets do this year after year, predicting Christ's return? Remember, this is a battle for our very souls. False prophecies, they're like false doctrines and they're unclean spirits set out to deceive the masses. We know all deception leads to damnation. So first they do this so that when the end truly does come, people would not believe it and therefore they would not take heed or listen to the warning and the day of the Lord would come on them like a thief, resulting in them heading to the lake of fire. We see that in Luke 12, verse 46. Secondly, these failed prophecies of Christ's return are to discourage even the most devout believers so that they would be doubtful and as a result, fearful to stand for, declare, and trust what the scriptures are pointing to as the coming day of the Lord. But we must believe the scriptures, not man. The failed prophecies of Christ's return were not based on clear scripture the way that is being described here to you today. The failed prophecies were mere speculation and not scriptural. If the scriptures are declaring it, we must trust it regardless of fear or doubt. If scripture says it, that settles it, I believe it. We cannot allow fear or unbelief to cause us not to trust God or his word. We have to be careful. If someone disregards what the scriptures are prophesying clearly, that person is making the same error Peter made in Matthew chapter 16. It had been prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and he would die for the sins of mankind. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus was foretelling this to the disciples, how soon he would lay down his life, Peter rebuked the Lord. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. I just mentioned how we need to be careful not to disregard what the scriptures are prophesying clearly. So let's see what scripture says about the day of the Lord. We find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now before I read it, as you hear it, think about what is being said. Think about if we should be fearful of that day. Think about if we're supposed to know when it comes. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. 
We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Did you hear what the Spirit is speaking to us? Look at verse 3. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. The they who shall say peace and safety and not escape are not the children of the light. They are the children of the darkness. If they had been of the light, they would not be saying peace and safety. Because the day of the Lord is not a day of peace. It is a day of vengeance upon the wicked and the sign of our redemption drawing nigh. Furthermore, this is how we may tell who is of the light and who is of the darkness. Everyone saying that COVID is over. See, it's not the mark. See, it's not the abomination of desolation. I don't see Christians losing their heads. Children of darkness. They cannot discern the times because they are foolish, not spiritual, not watching, not sober. Either they are a drunkard themselves, or they are eating and drinking with the drunkards, which is what the Lord told us not to do. So let's take a closer look at verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. We have the light, Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us and the scriptures to instruct us. It's not seeing wars and rumors of wars that tells us what time it is that we're in the end. It's seeing the abomination of desolation. This is what is meant in Matthew 24 verse 15, when you shall see the abomination of desolation. So when we see that, we know and understand from the writings of the prophet Daniel exactly where we are because it's not God's will for that day to overtake us as a thief. But seeing is not enough. You must also believe. I mentioned earlier that we must believe the scriptures, not man, and that if the scriptures are declaring it, we must trust it. So what exactly is trust? The definition of trust is firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And that something is God's word that we're talking about. Please take heed to the warnings of scripture. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. It's a warning to our generation. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house, as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Did you hear that? Let me read verse 19 again. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Thousands of Hebrews partook in the Passover. The death angel passed over them. They left Egypt with spoils. Thousands were delivered from Pharaoh during the parting of the Red Sea. They ate manna from heaven. Thousands still witnessed the deliverance of the Lord. But do you know how many made it to the promised land? Two. That's it. Joshua and Caleb. That's all. The rest died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Even Moses could not enter in due to disobedience. Today, by the numbers reported, millions have not taken the abomination of desolation mark of the beast. Of those millions, how many claim to be believers of the Lord Jesus Christ? Much fewer. And of those believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who did not take the abomination, how many did not take it just because they believe it is harmful to the body, but they are still waiting for a third temple to be built in Jerusalem, where they believe the abomination will take place. As a result, the day of the Lord is not even on their radar. There are even some of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not taken the abomination because they think it's part of the mark of the beast. And so they also are not expecting the day of the Lord soon. They believe that the mark will be finalized once it is attached to currency through, say, central bank digital currency, also known as CBDC. Do you see how the day of the Lord can come as a thief to someone with those beliefs? This is why belief is so important. Look at verse 12, still in Hebrews chapter 3. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So let's define unbelief. Unbelief is unfaithfulness. It is faithlessness, want of faith and trust. It is withholding belief in divine power, withholding belief in the power and promises of God. It can mean all of those things with the added notion of obstinacy or a hardened heart. As we continue to read Hebrews 3, look at verse 13. But exhort, that means urge, admonish one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened, that means urge and encourage one another daily starting now. Lest any of you be hardened, that means made stubborn, through the deceitfulness of sin. When I posted on the community page encouraging and warning all of us to examine ourselves, to stay focused, and to pray always to be accounted worthy because the day of the Lord is coming this fall, it was an exhortation. This is what we're supposed to be doing daily. Look at verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. We believe in our hearts. We see that in Romans 10.10. 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we don't believe God and we have fear, Scripture says what is going to be the result. In Revelation 21, 7 through 8, says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Do you see that the fearful and unbelieving are listed first? I'm urging all of us 
myself included, to take these warnings very seriously. This is a test. We ought to use this time wisely to check our answers. That means study. Make corrections. That means repent. Because while this is an open book exam, we have the word of God in front of us. There will be no do-overs, no retakes. Once the day of the Lord begins, that's it. The fearful and unbelieving are the first on the list headed to the lake of fire, which is the second death. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The takeaway from this talk is to believe the scriptures. The day of the Lord is at hand. According to Daniel, there are 1290 days from the daily sacrifice being taken away and the abomination of desolation being set up till all these things be finished. This is not about a timeline. This is about the word of God and do we believe it? The takeaway is we must be ready. We need to get our houses in order. We must make sure our lamps have oil. The bridegroom is coming. Luke chapter 12, verses 40 through 46. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers." I mentioned how this is like an exam open book with no retakes. And it reminded me of what we were told in high school. The headmaster would say each year at the beginning of the school year in the assembly, look to the left of you, look to the right of you. One of you won't be here next year. It ended up being true. And I say this to say, we have to worry about our own selves. We each need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. The righteous are scarcely saved, the Bible says. When we each stand before God, we will stand alone. Ezekiel chapter 14 illustrates this so clearly. 
verse 13 says, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Verse 20. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. That's to show you that even the most righteous can only be accountable for his or her own soul. So what do we do? We find ourselves having been born in this very exciting but scary time, to say the least. The day of the Lord is coming. Well, it's like a hurricane that's projected to be a direct hit to your area. And it's been announced. The storm is coming. But how can you prepare for the storm if you don't believe it's coming? Or you don't know when it's coming? If you don't believe, ask God to help your unbelief. Mark chapter 9 verse 24 says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Study the scriptures for God's approval. Study the scriptures, not videos, not commentaries, articles, books, etc. Let God the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Believe the word of God. Come to the kingdom as a little child. Put all your trust in Jesus Christ. Works cannot save you. Galatians chapter 3, 10 through 14. It is Jesus alone that saves. We cannot save ourselves. Romans 3, verse 21 through 31. God alone preserves his elect. Proverbs 2, 8. Proverbs 16, 17. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This exhortation is to urge us all to take our own spiritual condition seriously. It's not for people to go out door to door and hand out gospel tracts to random people. We have to put the life preservers on ourselves first. The wise virgins in Matthew 25 don't even have enough oil for themselves. The righteous are scarcely saved. That's 1 Peter 4.18. Many are called and few are chosen. Matthew 22, verse 14. Stop praying for the marked. That's in Jeremiah 7, verse 16. In Jeremiah 11, verse 14. Stop mourning for the marked. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Pray for yourself that you would be accounted worthy. That means worthy in God's eyes. It's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six. That brings us to Luke 21, verse 36. 
Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. It says, watch and pray always. That is a command. Let us end this exhortation with another scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 12. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Verse 11, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my prayer for you and for myself. I hope that this is an encouragement to you as we seek to endure to the end. For now, please take heed to scripture, examine your own selves, and pray that ye may be accounted worthy. Godspeed.